The great English poet Philip David Charles Collins once wrote, I can feel it coming in the air tonight. Well, coming in the air tonight is the stench of rotten eggs, boiled cabbage, and raw garbage. Here comes the skunk ape! Welcome to our weird and wonderful part of the podcast world. I am one half of the Triple C show, Matt, and I'm joined by my friend, esteemed colleague, treasure trove of cryptid knowledge, sometimes known in certain circles as the Professor, Angel. How you doing, Professor? I'm doing just fine there, Matt. I got a so... PhD in animal science. <laughs> you can quote I'd me like on to, that. I'd like to see that degree, sir. <laughs> It's right there on my wall. Uh, oh, yeah, I see it now. Before we get into the skunk ape, we wanted to talk about a few cryptids that have been in the news lately as sort of an introduction into this segment of our show. We want to look back at the great words of NBC anchor Ann Curry. Good morning, good morning. In the news this morning, good morning. <laughs> we have Bigfoot peering through windows and showing up in a new image. A curious set of photographs have emerged showing an alleged Sasquatch looking through a man's window. Do you have any thoughts on this on hell? Well, I'm pretty sure the Sasquatch looks through my window every night, but no, that's just me. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> you had my hopes up. Yeah. Does that mean you also smell like rotten eggs? <laughs> yeah. That's something I, I, I deal with every day. I about seven sticks of deodorant. <laughs> well, all I know is, this one thing what is first of all what is bigfoot doing peering into people's windows he's supposed to remain hidden that's the weird thing he's just so yeah and it, so there's a picture that it shows bigfoot he, he uh, allegedly is looking through like maybe this guy's front window it looks like a gorilla face maybe very protruding nose you can see some eyes and maybe some hair on its head so i guess allegedly what bigfoot could look like and it, it took place in Bailey, Colorado. Then the photo was taken by a gentleman named Scott Yeoman in August of 2017. And for whatever reason, now we're just finding about, out about the images. He, he sat on them for a while. <laughs> Didn't want to, I guess, cause too much an alarm. What he did was he actually smelled something outside that smelled like, as he claims, rotting animal flesh, vomit, and excrement. He caught a glimpse of something moving outside the window from the corner of his eye. He thought at first it wasn't a bear walking by the window. The article goes on to say, When I realized it wasn't a bear, fear struck me hardcore. I used a cheap Kodak Sport digital camera for taking pictures, and for the most part, it takes fast action pictures and video. This picture fully embodies that statement of cheap Kodak Sport digital camera, I suppose. And then that's what it is. It's just a blurry picture. He called the police for fear of his safety, of course, and that's pretty much where the article ends i mean I'm, i guess some people would say that it's probably a bear but i look at the picture and i say you know that could be a bear but it's probably bigfoot yeah <laughs> or i guess <laughs> i don't know maybe skunk ape traveled up to colorado un undetermined 
Maybe. Maybe. And then back in 2017, who knows what was going on in the world back then. <laughs> Glancing a little bit more at this article, and oh, it looks like there is a reason why there isn't much more about it. Yeaman reports that he had uploaded footage of the creature to a computer at his mother's house. The building was later destroyed in a fire, taking the evidence with oh. it. Oh! Well, that just sucks, I guess, for him. I mean, of course, for the mother. The house burned down, but... Maybe that's one of those. I guess those issues with these cryptids never just have an original. You got to have things backed up. I don't know about you, but I think maybe the government uh, found out about this. <laughs> you know, and I think that's going to be one of the things that we explore a lot in our series here is a lot of people after some sort of encounter with a cryptid claim that they're also visited shortly after by the government. The next news item beyond our alleged Bigfoot peeping Tom, we have something I think it's pretty interesting. So this story came out in May uh, of this year, May 27th, of a giant allegedly captured on camera in Mexico. And it's residents of Mexico's San Luis Potosi region reportedly claimed to have witnessed a very large humanoid creature. The article that, that we have is uh, accompanied by possibly the single grainiest out-of-focus image that has ever been witnessed by anybody's eyes. The article goes on to explain that these residents saw this huge, it almost looks like it's walking on four legs in the, in the image, I suppose. This lady, she says, I was with my husband playing with my children when we heard a noise, like an explosion. So we looked at the hill well, where we thought the noise was coming from. We thought it was a landslide, said one witness, Miss Antonia, who described seeing a large, thin man. It was about 5.30 in the afternoon. I was really scared. My husband started making fun of me, but when he saw the thing, he got very scared and told me to go in the house. Similar reports have emerged from nearby towns as well of this alleged giant that's, it's, it looks like it's, I guess, crossing over some sort of ridge in the, in the distance. I'm not quite sure, but interesting. That's such a typical reaction of a man who is told there's a giant and then sees it for himself. Ha ha, my dumb wife. Oh no. Get inside. <laughs> Get inside. Now. It goes from jovial to downright serious in, in three seconds. I mean, I'm looking at this picture and I'm, I gotta say, it looks a lot like, have you ever played Shadow of the Colossus? Yeah, I haven't played it, but I uh, I know of it. And huge, yeah. you know, bulky creatures in the distance. Yeah. And it looks like it could be mounted by a small man. Yeah, I think that's what it is, actually. It kind of fits the, the same style. <laughs> you know what? Someone could go through a few screenshots of that of those games and see if it might just be a insanely grainy <laughs> image. Uh, a screenshot from the game is also a possibility. But it's not. I don't think so. You don't think so? Um, this one, I'm not too, too convinced. Where does a giant hide? I mean, this thing looks like it could be like 30 stories You're high. You're right. Or it could be not. I don't know. The, the quality of the image is, I mean, is, yeah, we isn't we the greatest. We don't have anything to, to really uh, uh, measure it either. Yeah, there's no context of it. sort of looks like in the front maybe some leaves of a, of a tree like a or a bush. But difficult to tell inconclusive <laughs> inconclusive yes 
that's probably going to be a lot of these. One of the things that we're looking at in our show is sort of the, as we explore the, the cryptid kingdom, we're trying to find, say, the strongest, smartest, and the one that's most entrenched in pop culture out there. So we have devised this rubric, which we are calling the rubric of power. And it has several attributes that we're comparing all these cryptids to the same exact attributes to see, you know, who is the, the best out there. Who, who could be ranked as the king of the cryptids? And we will each individually... Or queen. Or queen, yeah. <laughs> I guess king as in a, a general broad designation of power. But queen or maybe they're not traditional king-queen archetypes. It's, I they don't could, know, it, chancellor em- or something. Emperor. <laughs> emperor, yeah. I don't know enough about the cryptid underworld of their governance, and it, it could go anywhere. But... The rubric of power, it goes into a few different things like powers, detectability, lore, uh, and mystique, cunning and intelligence, and then overall just impact on power. So it's a very well-engineered rubric, I think. I mean, I I dare say perfect. (laughs) (laughs) A perfect grading scale. And then there's four levels of it. A a one in something, just you need work. You need improvement. A two on the scale would be adequate. Three, above average. And four, exemplary you are just the best of the best in that sort of category so maybe in the future that mexican giant could be getting ranked in the future bigfoot highly likely to be uh on the list somewhere down the line one of the things that we wanted to cover these news stories in the uh, as part of the podcast as well is because for most cryptids you usually don't want to be in the news they're sort of um Entities that, you know, want to be hidden, remain outside the, the gaze of mankind, and they sort of do their own thing. So, I mean, the more news stories you have about you, uh, you're not doing your job as a cryptid, I'd say. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. I'd like to add, though, I think if there's ever a cryptid that we run into that's just absolute dog shit, <laughs> we mm-hmm. should allow zeros in that <laughs> ranking. Yeah, maybe even negatives. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we could go into the there negatives. Are certain ones out there. I mean, there's some that are detectability at that point is getting real low <laughs> when uh, you have numerous news articles being written after you over and over and over again. Absolutely. One of the, I guess, overarching things that we want to look at and how we're applying our special look at cryptids in this show is we are applying something that we devised as a, a sort of a philosophical concept, really known as Cotton Eye Joe's Razor. Where did he come from? Where did he go? So where are these cryptids coming from? And, you know, where are they hiding? Where do they go off to when they're not, you know, terrorizing mankind or just living in a swamp trying to eat some lentils, you know? <laughs> they're trying to live out their lives the best way that they can. Just like us. Exactly. <laughs> and and we're out here trying to find them. I, I feel like sometimes we're the ones that are encroaching on their space maybe we're the cryptids to them i mean that goes into a, a whole nother thing of um and maybe environmentalism of you know urban sprawl destruction of uh of of habitats things like that that we probably won't be getting into but maybe we will so for those of you that have not heard of skunk ape um yes please and he uh, and he's probably a I'd say a lower tier cryptid. He's not your your Bigfoot, your Loch Ness monster, uh, things like that. I think we could both agree upon that he's more of a, a regional 
uh, entity. Skunk Ape, in terms, I like to sort of describe him as if you're into into video games. He is he's sort of like a downloadable content skin of Bigfoot. He's sort of like the same thing, but different. He looks different. I think for the purposes of, of our uh, exploration to Skunk Ape, we're sort of treating him. We we are treating him as his own entity, something completely separate from Bigfoot, doing his own thing down there. Just as just as the scientists have taxonomic uh, disputes over the wolf and the dog. <laughs> we got it here. Yeah. <laughs> Skunk Ape is not Bigfoot, damn it. And <laughs> like Bigfoot, though, Skunk Ape is allegedly a bipedal ape. And he is covered in relatively long, unkempt, reddish hair. But has one very distinguishing feature that separates him from all others. The overpowering stench, possibly from the smell of swamp gas getting embedded in his hair or just a general uncleanliness you know of, of living in the swamps the everglades of florida the swamps of louisiana things like that i imagine it is very difficult for a 200 to allegedly 500 pound seven foot tall being covered in pounds and pounds of hair to smell fresh living for 30 years in a swamp it's, it's tough it's a tough life for Skunk Ape, isn't it? I mean, I, uh, you know, full disclosure here, this is this is close to my heart because I live in Florida and I struggle to maintain cleanliness on a day-to-day <laughs> basis. And and yep, from your day-to-day actions, <laughs> it's that that sweat drips. It does. Skunk Ape, very similar to to Bigfoot, but as we're going to be looking into, very much a more so than the other southeastern states of a florida thing i would i would dare say yes so as we apply the cotton eye joe's razor we look into where did he come from where did he come from matt that is <laughs> that's something a lot of people have been arguing about for a very long time so as with the majority of cryptids in the new in the u.s skunk ape has its roots with native americans and oral history if we consider what the seminoles call him as the tall man or uh, believe their word and and the names and pronunciations of these certain Native American terms for skunk ape are just as plentiful as the different names that skunk ape himself has. So I've seen things as Esti Japjaki, the Sti Kakochi, and the Esti Kapkachi. So very different, various sayings of the of the of the name, but for the most part, it, it translates to tall man and is relatively known to be the same entity as skunk ape and sightings allegedly go back centuries so to me personally i think that's one of the uh, cooler things of you know maybe cryptid lore is the way that it does tie into you know native american oral history these sightings go back centuries which also legitimizes them i think i mean i, I agree I mean, yeah. how can you go so long with these sightings and then say well it's not real like you're gonna tell all these people mm-hmm. that they they just they're lying come on yeah and as we we're looking into uh, skunk ape one thing i saw that was on a um uh, a bigfoot website that sort of tries to collect different news sources and, and sightings and things that specifically for skunk ape just in florida there have been at least 330 separate sightings of skunk ape in florida so that is amazing Especially yeah. because what, way more than I ever especially thought. Especially because <laughs> I am one of those people who want to have a sighting and never have one. Mm-hmm. 
Just not in the right spot, I guess. I guess not. Yeah, that on top of the the Native American oral history of the subject, it adds into, you know, a lot of, I guess you could say, credibility of the story, of, of eyewitness accounts and, and, you know, sightings. Beyond just the Native American history, I suppose a lot of theories of Skunk Ape try to solidify Skunk Ape into, uh, like, some sort of category related to mankind. You know, like, establishing it in some sort of reality of a an ancestor offshoot, something that we shared millions of years ago that separated itself from, you know, homo sapiens and things like that to its own being. I guess not applying a theory that it's like some mystical being that just lives out in the swamp. A lot of theories do try to, you know, make it based in science. Those theories speculate it could be something called Gigantopithecus, which would be you know, a former offshoot, uh, some shared ancestor or the such millions of years ago of a being, 400 to 600 pounds, but that sort of entity I don't believe was bipedal. So that's one of the very strict things of Skunk Ape is that it's a bipedal great ape. Beyond that, some think that it could have some sort of closer relation to Australopithecus, uh, most famously the fossil known as Lucy, but there is no indication that Australopithecus was anywhere the size of a seven to eight foot tall, 400 pound being. So another, another thing that sort of just doesn't mesh too well. But there are cases of tall humans. There are, yeah. Like, uh, I've seen things, you know, even related to Native American history of uh, allegedly burial grounds of like eight to nine feet tall, yeah. you know, skeletal remains and things like that. So interesting so i guess there could be outliers but i guess applied to australopithecus and it being skunk ape and then somehow only being in american southeast i don't like that (laughs) i'll say that i guess (laughs) how dare you i know how dare i but i you know some theories i think have better evidence than others one of the other things that i found as well was this theory that it's just some sort of hominid or hominoid that survived wasn't outcompeted by mankind and just sort of lived its life you know out there on its own some sort of i guess evidence that can be based onto that theory are what's known as the red deer cave people of southwest china which their remains suggest that they lived as close to us as 11,000 years ago so that's a whole different offshoot of a human-like entity you know not in the grand scale of history not that long ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm staying very quiet when you mention these things because I'm trying to bite my tongue. Because every time you mention their offshoots of humans, I'm just like, mm, boy, am I going to blow your mind when I tell you this stuff. But continue, uh, continue. Uh, yep. The last theory <laughs> that's, that I encountered was from a gentleman named J. Michael. This was on a show on Amazon Prime. It's called Monster Chronicles. He has one specifically about Swamp creatures the skunk ape he theorizes that somewhere back in history the phoenicians brought domesticated apes to america i guess supposedly like the great ape escape happened (laughs) and they just went out into the swamp lands of florida and evolved into skunk ape they just proliferated in florida and said hey we're in a new environment completely different from wherever the hell phoenicia is which is gonna thrive there yeah I guess somehow the yeah the Phoenicians 
a little bit north of Israel, that sort of area. But, I mean, that, that, to me, J. Michael, fringe researcher, making some great leaps here, saying that, I guess, even that the Phoenicians made it to America, traveled by boat, with domesticated apes. I mean, that's a whole nother I mean, I can, issue I right can there that barely I contain the disdain I have for this <laughs> dumbass theory. This man should not be allowed anywhere near anything that says research on it. <laughs> yes, I mean, it's it's an out there theory. It is um, bonkers, <laughs> maybe a proper word for it, bonkers. It, it takes a whole lot of, of uh, things to mesh together for apes escaping into the Everglades and then over thousands of years... I guess devolving from their domestication to a ape, a bipedal ape that lives off of lentils and <laughs> berries and, and stuff in the swamps. So you never know. You never know. J. Michael, he could be the one that's right and we're the ones that are wrong. I don't know. Yeah, you're right, except he's not, so no. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, there's that. So what then is the one that caught your eye? I believe the only one that's caught my eye is my own theories. You're on. That's oh, right. Okay. There was, um, you know. Yes, I, I should. <laughs> I should preface. Those were not my theories. <laughs> so you see, there was um, a, a monkey chimpanzee research center in Florida, and a, and a hurricane in 1992. Hurricane Andrew. I lived through it, by the way. Yes, that was me. Still here. <laughs> yeah. Still. Still breathing. Unleashed, still unleashed a lot of those chimpanzees, and I believe those chimpanzees evolved. In the, in the swamp of the Everglades, and they became some sort of skunk ape. Now, you may be wondering, well, what about the previous sightings in the past? Well, as I mentioned before, I think those were anomalies, like maybe very tall humans. You know, that's why you didn't see so many of them so often. Right? It was just a genetic defect or, you know, some a person with gigantism or whatever. I mean... Yeah, some, some like, wild man that got regulated to being outcast from society and had to go live in the Yeah, swamps. and eat armadillos or something. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's a little bit later. We'll be talking about that specific case. So it happens. You got to live on armadillos sometimes. But I don't want to jump ahead. Never. There is a strict order to this, <laughs> and we must abide by it. That's pretty much the only theory I care for. Although, I don't know. I don't remember... Because, again, my memory is short. I don't remember if you mentioned the different names that the skunk ape is known no. for. Yeah, I had mentioned, you know, with the Native American oral history of the, just the different okay. things that, uh, you know, different peoples call it. Uh, I guess in more modern times, the names that have sort of clung to skunk ape, and there are a ton of names that are, have clung to this thing. The author, Greg Jenkins, in his book, Chronicles of the Strange and Uncanny in Florida, he listed the names of Skunk Ape as Skunk Man, Skunk Monkey, Barden Booger, Booger of the Woods, All Orange Eyes of the Appalachicola Forest, Stink Ape, Swamp Man, a Swamp Monster, and my go-to favorite, Bad Breath Todd, <laughs> as variations of the Skunk Ape name, known by a lot of names. There's one here that you didn't mention, because I have a different list, and it's it's close to my heart. It's abominable swamp slob. Only because the, <laughs> the slob. yeah slob is such a great word, and I don't understand why we would call this thing a swamp slob other than 
I mean, yeah, sort of, sort of crapping on Skunk Ape here, <laughs> just calling him a slob. He's just living his life out exactly. there. Exactly. And he needs his lentils. There's no, no need for name calling, right? He's <laughs> just eating his lentils. Probably healthier than some Americans out there living their lives. Now, there's supposedly, there's, a, um, there's a known behaviors for this thing. A, a wide range of hoots, whistles, and screams. Now, I don't know how is anyone supposed to know this unless they have recordings of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I was watching something, but all those things that I heard just sounded like different other animals. So I'm not entirely sure how much I can trust YouTube videos. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And, and we've talked about this in the past, Angel. One of my biggest pet peeves in, um, I guess, this field is audio evidence like that things make wild noises in the woods at night specifically deer if you haven't heard like a deer scream at night in the pitch black you would think it is some sort of you know 12 foot tall monster that is about to run you down and eat your innards because it sounds like you know a person screaming Mm -hmm. out there Uh, that on top of like variations like elk and things like that it's wild, and I think I think personally, a lot of it can be chalked up to um, to deer or homeless people. They gotta live somewhere. So, yeah, I mean, what more can you and say? You just gotta scream out there sometimes. <laughs> you know, let your heart out. I know I do. One of your favorite pastimes, going into the woods and screaming. No, I just I just do it where I'm sitting. <laughs> I often uh, wonder what my neighbors are thinking, but I never, I never get any complaints, so I just do it again. Uh, you're that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you're the guy that screams in his apartment at one o'clock in the morning. Uh, try three. You're like some sort of horrible rooster <laughs> that's off his clock. <laughs> yeah, that, I think that's a, a general overview of Skunk Ape. Things he's known as, where he comes from, theories. Um, so, yeah, we can, you know, sort of now apply our rubric of power, the best and greatest of all rubrics yes. and applications of it. All praise the rubric of power. Let's see where Skunk Ape lies in his power rankings. The first one that we have, just an, a general powers category. What, Angel, are some of the powers that, uh, that you know of attributed to our friend Skunk Ape, a.k.a. Bad Breath Todd? <laughs> so... I mean, right there, there's one, I guess, in the name, Bad Breath. <laughs> well, yeah, so this might come as a shock to some people, but I believe the Skunk Ape has a ton of powers that normally don't get depicted in the mass media. This is from a book, that's what they used to say, by, uh, I mean, I'll mention it later because right now I can't look. <laughs> oh, I, I thought you meant that's what they like, like books, these things that people used to read. I thought that was <laughs> what you're implying. No, no, no. They used to call these things no. books. That's the name of the book, right? So it talks about the skunk ape. It's a story of, of, of an, a skunk ape encounter. And it talks about how the guy that saw him froze. Whether it's fear or whatever, he froze and he couldn't do a thing. It wasn't until the skunk ape left that that hold he had on him let him go. And when his friend returned, the man had no recollection of what had just happened. And he just asked his friend, hey, did you find anything? 
So I think one of those um, powers is the ability to to do like a kind of a mind control, mind wipe thing. Uh, in other words, men in black neuralizer, yeah. just wiping your memory of somebody that saw you or encountered you based just off of that alleged power. Pretty darn powerful. I mean, if, if skunk ape can, can, you know, freeze you and wipe your memory, how many encounters aren't reported because they had their memory wiped by it. And, and that could also, you know, explain why there's not that much evidence for it because mm-hmm. you just don't think to do anything you're just frozen in that state yep. and then you don't remember much you just remember oh i saw something and then suddenly it was gone but in reality you probably spent like 30 minutes with it you mentioned it earlier it's it's, it's smell the thing that the mm-hmm. thing about the smell is i don't know if that's so much as a power because you did mention that it's either his smell or it's the smell of the swamp sticking to him and i mm-hmm. i believe it's probably that because I've been to a swamp and I smell that stuff all the time and I'm pretty sure there's no skunk ape following me. But then again, I don't know, maybe my mind, my memory's wiped and I don't remember this encounter. Maybe you had your wish <laughs> and it was granted, but skunk ape wiped Damn it. it. Yeah, the, the smell to me is, is, is rather interesting. You know, hurts his detectability, I'd say, but we haven't gotten to that just yet. Um, you know, if you can smell them from... A football field's length away, it's gonna pique your interest to either investigate more or this smells horrible. I'm getting the hell out of here. A power to repel found very commonly in in animals, skunks, things like that. It's it's something. It's something that helps it helps boost them up to you know a certain a certain power level, and we'll compare uh, in just a bit. Another thing that's I had seen this power I think is is extremely maybe creative on the on the skunk apes part but some in native american oral history have described it as it having the ability to just disappear basically the the idea is one of the thing one of the reasons you're never actually seeing it is because once you get close to it he has the power to just either teleport away or go invisible or such an uncanny ability to blend into nature become one with nature that he is completely unnoticeable a power that i think is can't be overlooked that is impressive so so what we just said now is that this skunk ape can teleport and control your mind like that i'm that right there is enough i think it's just to make him this overpowered beast dang get skunk ape on the avengers he needs to help out (laughs) protect the world exactly so as far as as a ranking of his powers where where would you rank him I'd give him the highest points we have, four. Going into this as our first entity, um, I didn't have much high hopes for Skunk Ape. I hadn't known much about him prior to this. I was one of those people that's like, oh, it's just some Florida thing. <laughs> it's just a, a Bigfoot copy. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah, yeah it's, it's just Bigfoot, but stinkier. But, uh, you know, the mind control stuff, the teleporting, the going invisible, he can, he can cloak himself. I had to give him a four. I was just blown away by, uh, you know, something that can mind control you and then run away and, and wipe your mind. That's, that's going to be hard to beat other cryptids. You got to up your game. <laughs> exactly. So our, our, our next segment in the, in the rubric of power is detectability. And for Skunk Ape specifically, very much tied to his powers. So again, you know, the ability to teleport away, go invisible, that sort of thing. 
where would you rank it or any any lasting thoughts on his detectability angel well like you mentioned it's tied with his powers um he can make you forget what happened so at the very least your closest encounter with him will be oh i saw something and suddenly nothing's there in terms of like photographic evidence video evidence there is one famous one where it's this the clearest picture of of the skunk ape but it's it's definitely not a skunk ape i mean he's he's got that goofy ass grin (laughs) on his face hiding behind some ferns also being a peeping tom and looking into somebody's house i believe if if i have the story correctly the original photographer of that instance she claimed that um it was an orangutan that had escaped from a local ape area and i don't know to me it doesn't quite look like an orangutan the hair looks way off but i don't think it's a skunk i agree it does not look like an orangutan but i don't think it's a skunk ape either um Mm -hmm. there's a uh my reference book here also mentions the picture it says it might be a chimpanzee but again i don't think that looks like a chimpanzee um, the number one possible explanation it lists is, is hoaxers, and I think it is an, an, an mm-hmm. a very elaborate hoax, if I may say so. I, I would, yeah, I would agree. Very, very elaborate. I mean, the I think something that we, we'll probably get into a lot in this show is the ways you can capitalize on a hoax monetarily, and for some people, a very elaborate hoax can mean a lot of money. I think specifically related to Skunk Ape, there are some bad faith actors out there that uh, they won't be named here, but they stake their livelihood on, you know, the existence of Skunk Ape. They even try to legitimize their supposed research by naming their facilities as Skunk Ape Research Facility or something like that. I mean, it doesn't take much to find out who we're talking about here. (laughs) And it's not J. Michael, by the way. (laughs) If for all of his trying, it is not Jerry Michael. <laughs> He's still trying to peddle that uh, Phoenician <laughs> domesticated ape story out there. Uh, I mean, allegedly. He sort of disappeared. Yeah. He's he's a, a cryptid in his own right, I dare say. I can't find him. His detectability score is <laughs> off the charts. <laughs> he gets a plus seven to, to undetectability. To not have a uh, you know digital footprint in 2020. You gotta try sometimes. <laughs> I guess what would you what would you rank Skunk Ape's detectability on the rubric of power one through four? So I gave him a three because, and by the way, when I say him, it could be a her. Just just in case, just in case anyone anyone is thinking things. But yeah, I gave him a three because I don't think if you're talking about a cryptid, then that means he's been found out at some point just plain fact yeah but i also think that because he there's not that much uh info or evidence on him he gets a three i don't think any cryptids ever gonna get a a four unless there's one we've never heard about which means that we wouldn't be talking about it if you get what i'm saying dang in other yeah i get it i get it (laughs) in other words i don't think i'm ever gonna give a four at indetectability Mm mm-hmm Understandable. I, uh, I I likewise gave Bad Breath Todd Skunk Ape the <laughs> above average three. Some of the other things of physical evidence that have been found, of course, no no body has ever been mm-hmm. found or any any evidence like that. But just like Bigfoot foot casings, like uh, foot markings have been found, 
usually attributed to a four-toed foot. Several of those have been found in Florida and other places in the in the southeast. So there's something there's out there. There's a discrepancy. Cause some of those uh, accounts say there's five toes. So which one is it? Does skunk ape have four or five toes? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, exactly. Maybe one foot has four <laughs> toes. One foot has five toes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Those, those I mean, domesticated I mean, apes. They lost a there, toe there, somewhere. There along are the way. some cats in, in in Ernest Hemingway's house that have six toes. So you never know. <laughs> is, is, is that a story for another day? Because I don't know that. That is a Florida <laughs> fact. Okay. <laughs> Gave him a detectability. Uh, one of the, my things that uh, hurts him, of course, I, I likewise would not have given him four, but the smell, it is so overpowering and overbearing and very distinctive of a skunk ape being around that hurts, uh, that helps locate him, I guess you could argue, helps make people aware of him. So either by design or not by choice, he's being smelt and uh, it hurts him. Right. Hurts his score. All right. All right. I'll give you that. So three is out of both of, both of us. I don't know if I mentioned the powers, but I had given him a four. We're on the same page here as far as ranking of, uh, of Skunk Ape. But our next segment here, Lore and Mystique on the rubric of power. Where are your thoughts with that, Angel? With Lore, I'm a bit biased because I live in Florida. I am from here. And I want everything about Florida to be raised up. Because everyone's always posting that stupid meme of Bugs Bunny cutting Florida off from the United States because they somehow Mm -hmm. hate it or whatever. So I want Florida to be seen to be something quirky and not just full of uh, idiots and a a giant hellscape. Um, So I gave it (laughs) so I gave it a two point five simply because there's so much lore behind the skunk ape despite the fact that it's localized in this tiny little area of of lower what louisiana and and south and florida mm-hmm. like no how do you get all this information from this you know bigfoot is is most of north america but skunk ape yeah. is just in, and, in this yeah. little area and, and elsewhere yeah. so i said a 2.5 because i said you know what for for this thing i'm going to give it a half point i wasn't on the on the same page i was a little bit lower at a 2 um, because, you know, I was liking the Native American aspect of it, sort of this entity that watches over people in, in most storytellings of it, protects people in the woods, really not a aggressive creature in any sort of reports. Very seldom, I think, have I ever read that it was attacking somebody. And specifically on the Native American side of it, you know, an entity of protection seen, seen as something that is helpful, can give guidance, things like that. So uh, the mystique is out there. He's shrouded a mystery. He's a very mysterious creature. I gave him an adequate, adequate mystique. Fair enough. Our, our next uh, rubric of power attribute, cunning and intelligence. I think this is where we uh, started to sort of sour <laughs> on Skunk Ape. Yeah, um, yeah, I gave him a two because, like you mentioned, he is, all the accounts of him are supposed to be of him being not aggressive, uh, peaceful, the like you said, the Native Americans, uh, the Seminoles said that he he's seen as a as a protector of the of the of the swamps, and mm-hmm. that means that everything he does, he's doing it either out of self preservation, or you know to to survive. 
he's not trying to he's not white uh mind wiping you because he's he's trying to um for anything for personal gain he's trying to just yeah, get he's out not of there like nefarious man out here trying to you know steal your clothes or something in the swamp he just wants his lentils <laughs> he, just, yeah, he just wants to eat his lentils and then and, and live his life out in the swamp trying to live a natural harmless life unimpactful exactly intelligence level i i uh, he needs work i gave him a one there doesn't seem to be any sort of like I guess, lack of a better word, culture related to Skunk Ape. Like, it's not intelligent enough to have its own, I guess, yeah, culture. And there, there is no, I, that I saw any sort of evidence of, a, of like, a language. Like, the hoots never seem to, the alleged hoots and hollers in the woods never seem to be attributed to warnings or anything like that or communications between other Skunk Apes. I, I never heard of, like, the... One of the big things attributed with, with Bigfoot, like the hitting, knocking on, on trees and things like that is communications. I didn't really see that too much with Skunk Ape. It wasn't something that I was too too impressed by. He needed some work. Some other things that I, I came across in the in different sightings and things like that. In 1818, the Appalachicola Gazette had an article, basically from July of that year, stating that strange creatures resembling five-foot-tall baboons nested in a loft behind several bushels of cotton in a warehouse. And then once they found them, the workers chased the creatures out away with, you know, torches and pitchforks. They went full Frankenstein's monster on the thing and ran in out of town, uh, the whole family of them. So the cunning there, I mean, it <laughs> wasn't trying, it wasn't out there to get the cotton, it seems. It was just living in the loft trying to, you know, get out of the, get out of the heat. So nothing... Nothing too intelligent there. Another one was June of 1942. A uh, nine-foot-tall ape-like creature jumped on the back of a man's truck. Sort of teen wolf rode it down the down the road on the back of the truck and just jumped off the back and ran away. <laughs> nothing, nothing too, I guess, crazy about his intelligence levels as far as interactions with the world and and uh, not being too cunning and stealing things and things like that possibly my favorite story related to skunk ape is from it's from the 70s 1975 in the bushnell area of florida an area was being terrorized for months by an entity known as the wild man of green swamp so eventually the the people in bushnell they they got so fed up about this this creature that a 14-man posse caught the creature but it turned out to be a sailor from taiwan named Hutu Mai. He was fleeing from immigration officials and hid in the swamps, surviving on the previously mentioned armadillos. So he he told deputies when he was caught, you know, I thought there were little pigs nobody wanted. <laughs> and this whole time in the 70s, he was living in the swamp for, for eight months. Ports of this wild man were accompanied by him raiding cornfields and robbing homes. So Unfortunately, not skunk ape. That was Hutu Mai and living in the swamp eating armadillos. So, that's, story didn't help out, help end up helping his cunning in the in the rubric. Of as power. far as I'm concerned, Hutu Mai is a skunk ape. I think anybody that lives exclusively off of armadillos <laughs> is going down the the skunk ape route. And I didn't mention, but there was also in the story uh, specifically Hutu had a three foot metal pipe that he would kill the armadillos with. So. 
No indication Skunk Ape is using tools like uh, Hutu was. Mm. I didn't think about that. You know, yeah, cunning. Needs some work, I think. I, and yours, you, you labeled them adequate. Yeah. So I think our first major divergence here on the rubric of power. And then lastly, the impact on pop culture that this cryptid has had. I know, like we were saying, you're you're all in on skunk skunk ape being this uh, being a Florida boy. Yeah, and uh, that's right. So, where are your thoughts on the impact of that skunk ape has had on pop culture overall? So, the impact on the pop culture. I initially gave it a two because I said it's only it's it's very local to Florida mm-hmm. and some parts of Louisiana, I guess. And then I came across a little gem. I came across this little film called Swamp Ape. On Amazon, on Prime. Amazon Prime, that's right, and it's uh, if you have Amazon Prime, you, you can watch it now, <laughs> and it is very local. It's a movie about the swamp ape or the skunk ape, and it is filmed down here in Florida. It's a, it's a low budget film, and it is extremely low budget. <laughs> <laughs> it is the definitive, and I'm saying this now, the definitive skunk ape portrayal. That's it. It's been it's, stated. I think I would agree. I would agree that is uh, not a bold claim. I mean, it's um, it is, to my knowledge, the only skunk ape featurette film. You know, it's about a, a group of kids that have to go on a, a, a science project out in the out in the Everglades, and they encounter skunk ape, and there's this guy trying to catch skunk ape. A whole slew of things happen. Yep. Yep. They they get sort of Jason Voorhees esque hunted down one by one by skunk ape. Uh, so complete departure from what we've seen of Skunk Ape not being too much of an aggressive figure. But this thing is a, a murderous beast that, you know, well, drinks on well, the blood of in his defense, kids. he is just a youngling, according to one of the park rangers. <laughs> and he's just looking for a mate. Oh, yes. I forgot the whole undertones <laughs> of the mating part of that movie. How could you forget? And I, and I think it's important to say that that's... This part of the of specifically the movie is sort of what even led us down this road to even start this whole show, so it's the catalyst of of everything. So that because of that, it increased my uh, score to a two point five. Uh, um, some of the things that I saw for Skunk Ape's impact, specifically, I thought was pretty cool. The Skunk Ape beer by Boneyard Beer Company. I don't know if it's by design, but it is a red ale to. Uh, you know, reflects the reddish color of his of his hair. Has six percent alcohol by volume, so it's up there. From what I uh, read as reviews, I've never actually seen it for sale, but it was more like earthy flavored. Kudos to Boneyard Beer Company getting Skunk Ape out there to be drunk. I would like to also try this beer if if they're listening. Yeah, if it's out there, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll be willing to put uh, Skunk Ape by Boneyard Beer Company through the rubric of power. <laughs> <laughs> See where it ranks against other beers. But uh, another thing I saw was the skunk ape uh, hunt and trail run at Warner Boyce Salt Springs State Park in Florida. Sort of like a, a, a race and also a um, egg hunt deal going on. Um, you know, keeping the skunk ape alive by having his name attached to things that are going on in the community. There was a website that I found, uh, Infinite Nutrition sells a skunk ape power mix that provides plenty of energy for sustained efforts in all temperatures. Specifically, comes in lemon lime flavor. Ooh. Don't know where they got I that. I think from, it but. should be rotten egg. I, I think so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just go all in like like those Harry Potter um, jelly beans. Uh, jelly beans. Yep. <laughs> just have a 
a skunk ape flavor. Yeah, I mean, I, jelly bean I, they were, somebody, nutrition. my cousins gave me that once, I guess, as a gag gift or a regular gift. I don't know. And I'm trying to figure out, like, if the booger one actually tastes like booger. So I'm like, I don't know what this is, tastes <laughs> so like. You, have, you don't have any reference for the, uh, the booger taste? None that I'll say out loud, at least. The theory testing of that taste, like, that means someone had to eat plenty of boogers to, you know, get the palate right. They're like, hmm, this does taste like my boogers. Or like the pencil shavings. Like, I, I ate three pounds of pencil shavings to get this taste right. <laughs> Other things related to the skunk ape that I found in pop culture. The book Weird US points out uh, the Skunk Ape Festival, where a Miss Skunk Ape is crowned each year <laughs> to help uh, in, in skunk ape related. Where is this festival releases, held? I guess in Florida. I don't know specifically the location. See, this is what I'm talking about. I've lived here all my life, <laughs> no, yeah, and I've never heard of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, Weird US does. Damn it. They know where it was. I need to you go. Need to, uh, I guess you need to go to like. Um, like down the highway at a rest stop and then like go inside and they have like those pamphlets yeah um, for all the different places to visit i'm sure there's going to be a skunk ape one in there I, for you i'm gonna start looking now just go to every single rest stop imaginable <laughs> <laughs> make your own to put in there <laughs> uh another thing that i saw recently very recently is the gatorland is using what's known as the social distancing skunk ape to help advertise the reopening and to, uh, you know, say that they're being safe and things like that with COVID. You know, skunk ape helping out, keeping people safe. Yeah. And actually, you you reminded me, something I failed to mention for the lore, is that this skunk ape was so important that there was actually a bill that, uh, that was oh, that yes, yeah. failed to pass, yeah. but it was written mm-hmm. up uh, to protect skunk apes. It was, it's, I'll read, I have the, the state. Yeah, I believe it was from the, from the 70s? Yeah, it was some, uh, around that time. Um, it's known as the Knuckles Bill, because his last name was Knuckles, Representative Knuckles. <laughs> I don't know if that's how you say his name, but it sounds great. <laughs> Knuckles. <laughs> a, so it, it reads, a bill to be entitled an act relating to anthropoid or humanoid animals prohibiting the taking, possessing, harming, or molesting thereof. Providing a penalty, providing an effective date. So it was essentially trying to make um, taking any humanoid-like creatures or apes uh, a misdemeanor, yeah. I think. And yep. it didn't pass. Yep. And, you know, quite frankly, yeah, this, this upsets me because it was worded generically enough that it could be applied to any kind of primate. And I think this would have helped in the long run for any, you know, loose chimpanzees or whatever. But instead, they turned it down because, I don't know, they tried to p- play it off as, oh, skunk ape's not real. And it, I'm sure it caused a lot of harm to those chimpanzees in that research center because it allowed them to continue doing their strange experiments on them that led them to evolve and mutate into the skunk ape. <laughs> uh-huh, yep. And uh, surprisingly, a very large amount of... Uh, of primate research facilities in Florida. I did not know this, by the way. <laughs> I'm aware of all the marine bio stuff down here. I didn't know there was anything about primates down here. So definitely look in. Everyone should look into that and sort of uh, just be aware of that. Sort yeah, of stuff like going on. like look into it critically. Like I think they're doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing. Uh, that's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing I saw was the minor league hockey team, the Florida Everblades 
this year for one night they rebranded the team uh, as the Skunk Apes. They came out with a really cool looking jersey. I would argue way better than their actual Everblades uh, alligator and some like swamp grass sort of deal going on. Uh, very cool looking. Yeah, that was sort of the things that I caught my attention for Skunk Ape and pop culture. All Florida related. I don't think a single thing besides the nutrition supplement was anything <laughs> not related to Florida. Florida, keeping the skunk ape alive in pop culture. Doing it on their own. Yep. It's a, they're a burden to bear. <laughs> so, uh, because of that, I, I really gave skunk ape a one. I thought he was uh, pretty pretty down there on the impact uh, as a cryptid on pop culture. Not something that really everyone knows about. And and I have forgiven you for that. I know, yeah. <laughs> it was hard to do, but yeah, gave it a one. <laughs> That completes our rubric of power. Just a, a quick overview again. We both gave fours in his powers. Both gave him threes in detectability. I gave a two and you a two and a half in lore and mystique. A one for me in cunning and intelligence and a two from you, Angel. And then finally a one in impact and culture for me and a two and a half from you. So averaging all those points out, that gets... Skunk Ape to the rubric of power, a 12 and a half. I don't know if that's good or way, not. <laughs> way, higher, way higher than I thought he would ever score going into this, truthfully. So hopefully you learned something as much as we did. Skunk Ape is cool. I like Skunk Ape. Um, it's cool, dude. I actually didn't know about Skunk Ape until we started doing this. And like I said, I mentioned it several times. I live in Florida, so I don't know what happened there. But I think he's cool. He's You know, we got our own Bigfoot. So that's nice, I guess. One of our goals in this show is to help introduce these cryptids and curiosities to a wider audience, to share the mystery, the legends, the encounters, and genuine fun conversation that surrounds these figures. And with that goal, however, we call upon the spokesman of the supernatural, Jonathan Frakes, for aid. As Gondor called for aid and Rohan answered in the Lord of the Rings, so we shall call upon Mr. Frakes. We ask our listeners, join the conversation on Twitter and ask for the spokesman of the Supernatural's opinion on Skunk Ape. Yeah, I and mean, that. Yeah. You, can, you can find uh, his Twitter very simply. It's, I mean, it's his name. And At Jonathan Frakes. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, make sure to ask him, like, the really tough questions. And uh, if you would like to join our conversation on Twitter, you can find us at Cracking Curios. Send us your questions, maybe even suggestions on which cryptid should try to usurp Skunk Ape from his championship. So again, thank you all for joining us here on our pioneering edition of Cracking Cryptids and Curios. And we hope that, uh, you know, had some fun and will join us again. Um, I, have, I don't have a sign-off, so I'm just going to be like... Actually, no, I don't know what I'm saying. This has been an I am actually traveling back into time production. This is my sad song. <laughs>